But uh, what I'd like to do is to start a new series today uh, by picking up where we left off three weeks ago. On Easter Sunday, I spoke about Jesus' resurrection, uh, rightly so, right? And then the journey that his disciples had to make that day from unbelief to belief as they tried to get their minds around what they had experienced. I mean, they had seen Jesus, their teacher, uh, the Messiah, crucified, killed in a very brutal way, placed in a tomb, very, very dead, and then three days later, raised to life again, very, very alive. And to be there, to, to live that, would have been pretty mind-blowing, you know. And the journey from unbelief to belief would have been a journey of epic proportions for them. And now here we are, 2,000 years later, and we're invited by Scripture and by Jesus' presence, very real presence in the world uh, today to find our place in that story, to believe that Jesus is just as alive this morning as he was that first Easter Sunday. And the story of his life, his death, his resurrection, impacts our lives today. Uh, we're invited, though, uh, we didn't see the things that his disciples saw to make the journey that the disciples made. And the takeaway for the message on Easter Sunday was this, that the most important journey we make in life is the journey from unbelief to belief. Our, our eternity rests on making that journey. And, you know, many of us have received the life that Jesus came to give. Others are still just kind of exploring that, trying to decide, what, what do I believe? What is true? And that's great. This is a safe place to do that. In fact, um, this message series, I hope to um, help all of us to, to have good reason to believe that Jesus is who he said he was, that we can know him personally, and that he is just as alive today as he was 2,000 years ago. And one of the ways that I'm hoping to help us do that uh, to make that journey is through personal faith stories. On Easter, if you were here that day, uh, you'll remember on the back of the connection card, I gave you the opportunity to sign up to share your faith story, stories of God's activity in your life. Several of you did that, and we're going to hear some of those stories in this series. And I'm hoping that others will sign up to share their story over the coming year. Because I really believe that God is nudging me to find ways to include your stories in, in our worship um, and during this time. And, and here's why this is important. One of the primary expectations Jesus had of his followers was that they would tell others about him. And telling others, telling your faith story, that builds your faith and keeps your faith vital and alive. Because it awakens us and helps us to be more aware of God's activity in our life. And when we share those stories, it builds up others' faith as they hear what God's doing in your life. So um, we want to find as many ways as we can to do that. And God calls us to be witnesses. That um, One of the last words that he had for his disciples are found in Acts chapter 1 
verse 8, he had appeared to his disciples over a 40-day period. The last time he was with them, these are the words that he said to them. He said, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. So this isn't something we do in our own strength. It's something God enables us to do. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. <clears throat> the primary work, the assignment, the expectation that Jesus had of his followers was that they would be witnesses, that they would tell others what he had done for them. And <clears throat> this means that you don't have to have a seminary degree, right? Um, all he asks of us is to tell what he's done, tell what's happened to us and, and what he's done for us. And, and I know that some of you are very willing to do that, that you're, you, you'd be ready to come up here and share your story right now. Others are <clears throat> saying that's not ever going to happen. <laughs> Just not going to do it. And that's okay. But I want to encourage you to listen because you really just never know when God is going to put you in that place where it's going to be very natural and maybe even needed and necessary that you tell someone else what God has done for you and what he's doing in your life. Faith stories strengthen our faith and they help people who don't yet know Jesus to go from unbelief to believe. So today I want to talk to you about how you can Prepare to share your faith story, and, and specifically the story of how you came to faith in Jesus Christ. Because once you put your faith in Christ, then he continues to work in your life throughout, throughout your life, right? He's providing for you, protecting you, those kinds of things. So you have other faith stories. But today we're going to talk about how to share your story of coming to faith in Christ. So in your message notes, if you want to pull those out, three ways to prepare to tell your story. The first is to recognize that you have a story and that God wants to use it for his purposes. If you are a follower of Jesus Christ, you have a story to tell. And, you know, it doesn't have to be something about a radical change. Uh, God calls us to share our story, you know, not someone else's story. So over the course of um, my ministry, I've heard some pretty amazing stories of transformation and God's change and how he moved in people's lives. And one example of that was when I was a chaplain at Bronson Hospital in Kalamazoo. Um, there was a young man that was brought in. He'd been beaten almost to death with ball bats. And um, I was thankful I wasn't there when they brought him in. I saw him the next day after they had cleaned him up and wired his jaws together. His face was broken like in 21 different places. And as he began to be able to tell his sport story, I would, you know, go in and pray with him and talk with him uh, when I was working. And he said that he'd been caught with drugs. He was part of a gang, gang, been caught with drugs, put in jail. And when he was in jail, his cellmate every evening would get down and, and on his knees and pray. And he said, one evening I found myself on my knees on, by my bunk, and I received Jesus Christ into my life. And he said it just changed everything. I was, had this feeling of joy and peace. He said I was done with drugs. I was done with the gangs. Jesus was just so much better than that. And so when he got out of jail, he went to the gang that he had been a part of. And he told them that he didn't want to be a part of that anymore. He was 
uh, he had given his life to God, and he was done with the gang and with the drugs and everything. And they didn't take that very well. Uh, and so one evening they ambushed him with the bats, and that's how he ended up in the hospital. And the amazing thing to me was that the, the thing that he was most worried about was getting healed up and out of the hospital in time to go to this Christian youth event and tell his story. Uh, he, he just wanted other kids to know, don't get involved in drugs, don't get involved with gangs. There's something so much better. And, you know, that's a pretty striking story. And you've probably heard stories like that as well. And if you're like me, your faith story isn't like that. It's not nearly as astounding. And, you know, sometimes we think that God can't use our story because it's not as dramatic or as impressive as someone else's story. And that's simply not true. Uh, God is the one who draws people to himself. It's the Holy Spirit that nudges people, not the impressiveness of our story, that makes a story powerful. And so God can use every person's life story. And, and if you've decided to give your life to Jesus Christ, you have a story to tell. And our memory verse this uh, for the series is one of the many verses in the Bible that exhort us to do just that. It's found in Psalm 107, verse 2. Um, let's read it together. Psalm 107, 2. Let the redeemed of the Lord tell their story. Psalm 107, 2. Anybody got it memorized yet? <laughs> Let the redeemed of the Lord tell their story. If that's too long, I think the New Living Translation says, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. <laughs> it's just that easy. It's very short. Let the redeemed, that's anyone who's been set free from sin and death through the cross of Jesus Christ, let the redeemed of the Lord tell their story. Don't keep what's happened to you to yourself. And my goal in this series really is that somehow to get across to you that your story is too wonderful to keep to yourself. What God is doing in your life is awesome and wonderful and good, and it's too, too good to keep to yourself. So tell somebody. If you're a Christian, then God has done something amazing for you. He's given you new life in Christ, a life that never ends. He's shown his love to you in so many other ways, big and small. And, and those are all stories that you can tell that help others move along in their faith and encourage others to believe. So the first thing we do is we recognize, yes, I have a story to tell. And then number two, know your story and be prepared to share it with others. Uh, your story is simply what God has done for you. And I, and I want to give you an easy way to, to prepare to tell your story. I had this in a message last fall, but I know not everybody was here for that message. And I also kind of assume that some of you tucked it away in a file called Never Going to Use That. So I just want to bring it back out, encourage you to look at it again if, if you didn't the first time. And what it, it consists of is three questions. And if you'll ask these three questions and answer them, uh, you'll be able to put words to your story. And the first question is, what was your life like before you met Jesus? And, and the answers 
to that, the possible answers to that are as, as numerous as there are people, right? Because everybody has a different starting place. Some of you may say, my life was successful. I was doing great. But then I realized something is still missing. Or maybe your story would be, my life was a mess. <laughs> it fell apart. I was at the bottom. Uh, you know, starting places are different for everybody. So what was your life like before you met Jesus? And then, how did you come to faith in Jesus Christ? Uh, did somebody invite you to church? Um, did someone sh share their story with you? Did you find your third grade Bible, you know, that you kind of hadn't picked up for 20 or 30 years? How did you come to faith in Jesus Christ? And then, what has changed since you met Jesus? What difference has Jesus made in your life? Because this is what people really want to know, right? Uh, does knowing Jesus make any difference? I was at a clergy forum a couple weeks ago, and we were talking, and what is the good news of the, of the uh, Bible? What is, what is the good news? And one of the women was, one of the pastors was telling that uh, about her faith story, how she came to faith in Christ. And she said that, that she was uh, hooked on drugs, she was, her life was a mess, and, and she said that she would uh, quantify it or whatever by the word confusion. Uh, her life was just full of confusion. Her, uh, everybody's life around her was full of confusion. And she said, when I gave my life to Jesus Christ, there was just this peace and joy, and the confusion was gone. And she says, that's how I knew Jesus was real. This confusion that I had lived with all of my life was gone. Uh, everybody around me was still living in that confusion. But she said her life was full of peace. There was a centeredness that wasn't there before. What changed since you met Jesus? What, what difference has he made? And I just encourage you to take some time soon <laughs> to sit down and, and write these things out to, so that you know what your story is. So if God puts you in a place where you can say it, um, it's just a very simple way to put words to your faith story. It doesn't have to be very long. What was your life like before? Just a sentence or two. What was it like? How did you come to faith? And then what um, difference has Jesus made? And, you know, I, I've shared my story of how I came to faith in Christ numerous times. And I wanted to have somebody share their story today. So rather than ask somebody on the back of the connection card that signed up last uh, uh, on Easter to, to speak today and be the first one to do that, I asked Forrest, and uh, let's get Mikey, right? <laughs> you try it. No, you try it. Uh, so Forrest has agreed to come and share his story of how he came to faith in Christ, and then I'll go ahead and close when he's done. Yeah, the idea there is to ask somebody that can't say no. Um, and, and she didn't really ask me right up front. She, you know, it's like, I, I need something. I need a favor. If you could maybe do a little something. Then she springs on me that it's to, to stand up and talk. Uh, Jessica, thank you for the beautiful altar arrangement. I notice over here on the left-hand side we have fishing poles. Yep. So it's kind of like a fishing story. Uh, she told you. My mic is on. Um, she told you the story about the guy in the hospital and the ball bats and the whole. You know. Um, anybody watch TV? 
Have you seen the commercial, the guy that he's telling his story, his fish story, and for seven hours we did battle, and, and the fish was bigger than the boat and everything. So that story sounds kind of like that. It's a big story. You know, it's amazing. It's true. Um, my story to me seems more like when his buddy in the boat came over and said, uh, what do you want me to do with your fish? And the fish was about five inches long. That, that, to me, that's how my story feels. It's the little fish story, like I'm using the little blue rod and reel there, uh, rather than the big, awesome fish story. Anyway, my story starts, um, I was a member at Baseline United Methodist Church. Um, I was there right from puppyhood. Um, as far back as I can remember, we always went to church every Sunday. And so I sat in church, crawled around under the pews, was talked to from the pulpit by the, by the preacher, uh, sat in Sunday school, learned the Bible stories. I had several of the folks that are out at Baseline right now that were my Sunday school teachers and got a lot of that information. I heard the stories. I knew the Bible. I knew, you know, David and Goliath and, you know, Jesus and, you know, inviting the fishermen to follow. So I had the stories, but I don't think I actually kind of connected the dots to what all the stories really meant. Um, so fast forward from my early childhood to my preteen, early teen years. Some of you might remember Billy Graham Crusades. They were big on TV back in those days, um, and they always got a, a, a wide audience. And I was drawn to those Billy Graham Crusades. To see him, uh, he had these compelling messages, and he spoke before, I don't know, tens of thousands of people in big stadiums. And then at the end, he would invite people who wanted to make a decision for Christ to come down, and that just absolutely blew me away. Because what happened? Hundreds, hundreds of people streaming from every corner of the huge auditorium or coliseum, whatever, and coming down to make a confession of their faith in Christ. And that's like, wow, look at that. All those people going out in public and making a, making a confession of, of faith in Jesus. That really impressed me. And so I believe on more than one occasion, I went ahead in front of the TV and prayed that same prayer myself at home. Um, but it was different. I never really felt like I'd done it right or that it had worked because I didn't really feel like I was any different. It just, you know, you said some words and then your life went on just like it pretty much always had been. So I didn't feel anything. So we're going to fast forward now to after I've graduated from high school. My sister had been for a while bugging me to get involved. She had a group, an interdenominational group of Christian youth all around Battle Creek area. And they would meet weekly and have kind of praise celebrations and, and play games and, sh you know, share their faith and stuff. And it sounded really exciting to me. Um, I had things I was doing. I was graduated from high school. I had sports. I had activities, friends, and stuff. I really wasn't that interested. But she kept bugging, and I kept dodging. And so she got real sneaky on me. She volunteered to have one of the meetings at our house. 
And she told me about it, and I said, well, that's no big deal. I'll find something else to do. And so I pretty much stayed away. And then when I got back home, the driveway is full of cars. The house is full of kids. And so I come in, and it's like, you know, I'm late to the party kind of thing, and they're all having just a wonderful time. But I saw something there. These kids seem to have something that I didn't have, something that was like real. I had knowledge of God here. They had some kind of a relationship with God here that I didn't have. They were happy, excited. They, they knew Bible verses. They were talking about Jesus like he was the most exciting person in the world and that they couldn't wait to spend time with him, to share what they learned about him. And it's, that was different for me. Okay, but it's really something that I'd been looking for all along with the Billy Graham thing. I really wanted to have that kind of an experience where I connected with God. So I began on Thursday nights attending these uh, these meetings, parties, whatever. Um, and at one of them later on, I went ahead and prayed that prayer again. And that's when something different happened. I began to feel different about my relationship with Jesus, that it really was something real, something personal, something meaningful. And then I lived happily ever after. My life totally changed, and it was all wonderful. Well, not exactly. Life is life. Stuff happens. And it's not all happy-go-lucky and wonderful, and everything worked out fine. Um, I still live my life. I still messed up. I still made mistakes. I still got in trouble, probably more so after I became a Christian than before. But what was different was that at this point, when I messed up, I knew I had a relationship deep inside with God who loved me and forgave me, and that he accepted me even when I was doing bad stuff, even when I was wrong, even when I messed up, he would accept me and I could come to him honestly and openly and be open and truthful and tell him all about it. And he still loved me. And that has stuck with me for the rest of my life. So God is my like best friend. Peggy's a, a really close second, but God's the one that lives inside my skin and he's always there, and he always loves, always forgives, always accepts. He's the one that I can be totally and truly honest with all the time and know that it's okay. That's my story. Thank you for saying yes. <laughs> all right. So a very simple story, right? Uh, nothing too dramatic. And maybe your story is similar to that. And God can use your story to help someone along in their faith journey. But you have to be ready to tell it. And then you have to watch for those opportunities to, to share it. So the third step there in your message notes is to pray and watch for opportunities or invitations from God to share your story. Your story is too wonderful to keep to yourself. 
And, you know, uh, it's not really very likely that God's going to put Forrest in a position where he's got to share his story with, like, a axe murderer or something like that. But it's, yes, but, but so God is going to put you in those places where your story fits. And the, the thing is to recognize that, that God's inviting you to share your story with someone and help them along in their faith. So he might... Uh, be sitting with somebody someday that says, you know, I've accepted Christ a couple, three times. I just don't feel any different. And then that would be the opening for him to begin to tell his, his experience. It's The important thing is to know your story, then watch for those opportunities to share it. And scripture says that we should always be ready to do that. Look at First Peter 3.15. But in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. That means you've given over the throne of your life, right? He's the king, he's the Lord, he's the one directing everything. And always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do it with gentleness and respect. Be ready to explain the hope that you have. And there's one thing that I know about every person in this room. You know somebody who needs hope. You do. Oh, we live in a world in need of hope, don't we? And if you have a story, if Jesus is at work in your life, you have a story of hope, and you should tell somebody. Tell somebody. Uh, t- say to your neighbor, tell somebody. Go ahead. It's okay to talk out loud. Tell somebody. <laughs> tell somebody. <laughs> All right, and I want to give you an opportunity to do that. On the back of your connection card, if you didn't sign up Easter Sunday, here's your here's a second chance. God is a God of second chances, right? Uh, but so I have the very same uh, invitation there on point number two. I have a story about God's activity in my life. I would be willing to share to build the faith of others. And, and that might be a salvation story like we talked about today, how you came to faith in Christ. But it might also be a story of something that God has done in your life, an answered prayer, um, some kind of provision, a time that God protected you. And so just go ahead and and then write the topic that your story deals with. And as I'm doing different sermon series, I'll pull these out and invite you to, to do that, either in person or on a video or something like that. And then the third thing is I'm going to take time this week to write out, or you know, some of you maybe not writers but thinkers, to think through your story so you, so you know what it is. Let's go ahead and pray.